So, you know, if I spent, you know, as I have done, if I spent seven hours binge watching something on Saturday, uh, you know, it's called sermon a, prep, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you, you're laughing, but, but, There's some truth to that. but the point is art imitates life, imitates yeah. art, imitates life or something like that, or, or to use it as something that folks in my community can, can relate to. So, so yeah, it's, research air quotes but if you um, hadn't let's say you hadn't written your sermon and you still needed to do it and instead you spent friday and saturday just totally binge watching and then like late saturday night kind of scribbled a few notes and dude, what what pastor hasn't done that come on <laughs> i i have gotten up at like 5 a.m on a sunday before after a weekend spent like binge watching a tv show you guys are that's, awesome that's all i'm saying <laughs> Welcome to episode 129 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brewed pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. You can catch new episodes weekly as Brian Ogan and guests address and engage what's happening through a theological lens, usually with a good brew in hand. And you can help show some love for Pub Theology Live by becoming a supporter on Patreon. Starting at two dollars a month, two dollars a month that's like changing your couch, people. Um, and there are different levels you can uh subscribe to, and um, on the next level up, I believe you have access to some extended interviews with some special guests, um, maybe some swag. Uh, one of those guests that we just did an interview with will be on our show today, so you can get a little get a little teaser with her and then subscribe for the big thing so hit us up patreon.com slash pt live and to those of you who are currently sponsoring us a big old dose of thank yous and gratitudes coming your way for sure and when you said that's like changing your couch i thought you meant that's like changing your couch and I thought, <laughs> isn't that more than two dollars yeah two well you know it depends on where your couch comes from yeah right fair enough fair enough well you can join our conversation also on twitter facebook and Instagram using hashtag PT Live. Follow at Pub Theology on those platforms and check out video clips from the show on IGTV or watch us on YouTube for extra content. Well, today we talk favorite television shows, uh, the ability of film to portray the depths of human experience as well as explore spiritual themes, and is the quality of television. Uh, improving or is it decreasing uh, with the increase of original programming from a number of sources plus when does fandom bleed into idolatry question we're all sort of wondering and to help us with that is once again reverend leighton williams joining us leighton is a writer focusing on intersections of faith justice politics and culture with an emphasis on sexuality and gender and Importantly, she's also a total pop culture nerd, and her list of favorite movies and shows is way too long, but she'll be quick to tell us the best shows we're not watching. So welcome back, Leighton. Thank you. Happy to be here. And what are you drinking today? Um, I'm actually really excited to show off the beer that I'm drinking. 
um, which is Tropicalia by uh, Creature Comforts, which is a local brewery in Athens, Georgia. And um, the reason I'm drinking it is because last Thursday I was in Athens, Georgia with my best friend from college. Uh, we both attended school there. Uh, watching Endgame, Avengers Endgame, and uh, without giving away any spoilers, I will just say that in the middle of that movie, uh, somebody is drinking this beer, and uh, my best friend leaned over to me and said, that's a local brewery. And so nice. afterwards, we went out and bought a six-pack. And so given our uh, topic, it felt important to bring that into the conversation. It's a citrusy IPA, and it's delicious. Perfect. Nice. I think um, I think it's okay to say who is drinking it because, you know, if anyone knows anything about the Avengers, I think we can automatically guess who's the one chugging down beer. Um, you think so? I think so. Well, you know what? Let's let's see, Brian. I'll guess. Is it yes. uh, is it Chris Pratt? That's what I thought he was going to guess. Uh, no. No. Oh. <laughs> nice. I don't think it's so obvious. Uh, nice try, though. Nice yeah, that, that's all I got. Well, uh, I guess if you paid attention, it wouldn't be a thing. All right. So, all right. no. No, that's also a good guess. <laughs> what did you say? I missed that one. Paul Rudd, Ant Man. Oh. No, also. So you're you're thinking more of the actor. Don't think of the actor. Think of the. <sighs> well, the I can't think of the characters because I don't really <laughs> follow. That and that's stuff. where we lose you. I know. Yep, yeah, I'm suddenly uh, gone. <laughs> so it's it's springtime, and I thought I'd be drinking something light, but it's just a rainy, dreary day, and I needed to pick me up. So I got a chocolate cherry yeti hmm. imperial stout, stout with cherries and cacao added. So I've never had this before, and it's a big old bottle. It is a full pint, and it is 9.5%, so it's going to be a good show for everyone. Nice. But mostly me. <laughs> what are you drinking there, Brian? I am drinking a Wild Away IPA from, from Stormcloud Brewing uh, up in Frankfurt, Michigan. It is a Belgian-inspired IPA and Michigan-made. Never had it, so... We'll see what we got. Nice. Oh, that's that's yummy. Yeah, the Yeti is delivering. It is. Yes, yes, it is. Nice. It's got that nice uh, Swedish but yet sourish cherry undertone. Interesting. Oh. Yeah. Now remind me, is that is that a dark? Let me see it. Is that darker cherry? That's like. I mean. It's a stout, yeah. This is a stout, yeah, yeah. Cherry stout, but the cherry, I bet that's a nice compliment. Yeah, it really is. It really, really is sweet and sour cherries. Oh, that's why. Perfect. Oh yeah, the balance. The I don't balance. drink a lot of stouts, but I gotta say that sounds kind of interesting. Yeah, I love this agreed. suggested suggested food pairings: braised short ribs, caramelized baby carrots, vanilla cheesecake with sour cherries. All right, got me sold. I'm sold. You are <laughs> right on that. <laughs> I think I think I've got a winner too, so I think we're three for three on, on good yeah, three today. for three. All right. Cheers. All right. So important opening question. Would you be more excited about watching a really good season finale of a great show or a game seven uh or championship uh sporting event? I know Lady is gonna wrestle with this. I am, um, yeah, I actually this is going to be a recurring theme in this episode, I think, but can, can I make a couple of caveats? 
<laughs> oh, don't worry. I got some too. Let's see you what you can do as you like. <laughs> so I thought really hard about this because truthfully, the answer is that I would be pretty excited about um, either of those. Uh, and in fact, to the extent of I enjoy a really good season finale or, or series finale, for that matter, of a show I don't even watch. Like, I like the hype around it. Mm -hmm. um, I would say I'm a fan of fandoms. That's like a conversation for later, maybe. But um, awesome. I also, in, in a similar theme, being a fan of fandoms, um, really appreciate high stakes uh, sporting events, even for sports and teams I don't care about. Yeah. So I would say, and then obviously amplified if it's a team I do care about. So I would say if I had to choose between the two, if it was game seven of um, the Cubs in the World Series breaking the curse, like absolutely, right? Yeah. Um, if it was uh, University of Georgia finally making it to the national championship for the first time in my lifetime for college football, absolutely. Um, and there's some like levels below that. I think I would choose sporting event just because it's, there's so much about it being live, right? It's, it's like, live. It's, it's yeah. not scripted. Right. That, and like, it will never, you can watch replays, but it's not the same as watching it unfold in real time. Yes. Um, so overall I would choose that one, but honestly, I love both. Yeah. Yeah. Now what about the masters? Did either of you tune in to the masters this yeah. year? Um, yeah, I watch. well, in similar fashion, I started to tune in. I watched, um, the third day, I think, um, yeah. or no, the second day I watched the second day and then lost the thread for a while and then actually stumbled back on it when I was hanging out with my brother's family. Um, and it turned out that was when like Tiger had pulled into the lead, um, yeah. on Sunday and it was, yeah, we were pretty riveted for the rest pretty of intense. it. But, yeah, it was great. I, golf is one of those sports that I have problems watching on TV. Like I, you know, it's because it's slow. It's I, it's weird. Um, you know, <laughs> like curling, like, yeah, I mean, when you're there in person and I even throw baseball in there a little bit when like, I can't handle watching baseball on TV. Like, when it's a little know, white object being with sticks yeah. being swung at but it or to something. But when I'm like, I've been to live baseball games and they're amazing, you know, been mm -hmm. to live golf. I, I think the energy, if I can't get the real energy, like, like transported through the TV, uh, I, it's hard, it's hard for me to watch. You know, I'm watching, I'm watching basketball as NBA playoffs and, and like you, like just the commentators, the energy, the crowd, like, like you, you feel all of that just for me being generated through the screen. So oh, that's true. But the NBA playoff energy does sort of come right through the screen at you. It, it, it does. To your question, I would say that, yes, I also would watch a game seven championship level sport event over a season finale, but I would watch a series finale over a mm -hmm. game seven. Ooh, good. So, good so for me, those are yeah, season and series finale are two two different things oh, man. so like uh all together yeah like the breaking bad finale like final yes. episode the, or the, the americans or e something like exactly that. like you know i'm throwing uh, i'm gonna find a party to go to uh you know when for for <clears throat> the breaking bad series finale you know we were we were you know we made we made blue ice cubes and blue jello and you know <laughs> yes we're, we're all into that kind of thing uh you don't you don't do that for a season finale. I, That's I true. you know I currently don't have any plans for 
the Game of Thrones series finale basically because I'm usually so tired by that time on Sunday night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After a day at church, I'm like just struggling. But um, but yeah, um, series over Game Seven, Game Seven over over season season finale. Now we should also talk about uh, when we're talking about like a season finale of a show or a series finale that because so many people consume media in different ways, not necessarily real time when it's broadcast uh, Mm -hmm. or for example, a show that's purely on Netflix or Hulu. There's no way to sync up when everybody's watching the finale. That's true. Uh, And I tend to watch things only like through those venues, even if it's a network show. And so I'm usually behind when everybody's watching it. But the excitement is when like people are tweeting and it's live and, and you know, there's a larger crowd experiencing it with you. And I think I often miss out on that when it comes to television, but I'll get it more with sports because I tend to watch sports more live. I think uh, in this day and age, you like it's hard because of the social media, it's harder to avoid spoilers. Yeah. So you mm-hmm. almost have to watch it live or as soon as possible if you want to not have it ruined. So yeah. like take, take Avengers Endgame. Um, yeah. My daughter had to be out of town you know, uh, when when it started showing on Friday, Saturday, she wasn't coming back to late Sunday night. And she said to me, you can't go see this without me. This, this has been our thing. It's been our thing since she was like 11 or 12. So, you know, superhero movies, comics is our thing. It's our bonding. So I'm like, are you you're seriously making me wait? So you're telling me like for three days, I can't get on the internet because... That's love. I mean, that's something. <laughs> um. And and I almost made, so we got tickets. We got tickets for Monday morning, um, and we were able to go Monday morning. By that time, both she and I had had one each major thing spoiled for us about the movie, um, and we debated as to tell each other what got spoiled for us. And I was like, no, let's not do that because then there'll be two things if it's not the same thing. Yes. So, Right. So yeah, so I think I, I, I think and there was actually a report about some guy in I think China, I forget what city it was, who came out of the movie theater, yelled out a spoiler, and then people waiting in line beat him up. Oh my word. Wow, that's <laughs> they heavy. Beat the dude up wow. for ruining wow. end game. So, do that. so it's 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 harder. I think it's it, it's it's harder to really yeah, do that. It is harder. It is harder, and and I I know that in in the past I've tried to stay off social media if I know I'm going to get to like a, a series finale in a couple days. Mm-hmm. I just try to lay low, and you know, and once in a while you'll find something out. But it's not the person's fault; it's kind of your fault for dipping your toe in. Um, but with sports, yeah. you know, it just has to be live because it's going to be I right. you know. Um, so for me to answer number one, I, if. If it's a game seven, let's say of the Detroit Tigers or Michigan footballs in the national championship, like if it's my team in the in the title scenario, definitely sports. If it's just a, a game seven that's not my team's, I also love that and will tune in. But a very good season finale is right there with the yeah. sporting event, if that makes sense. If- if it was actually a choice of – you didn't quite phrase the question this way, but like if it was actually a choice of – you, you can only, you know, it's whatever Sunday in May is the last episode of Game of Thrones, right? Um, and if that happened to also be the night, not that this would ever happen in May, but the night that Georgia was playing the national championship yeah, right. for football. And it was like, either or. 
Yeah. Honestly, that that's like sort of a Solomon's baby debate for me. Like yeah. that's really hard because, you know, I used to not, um, I frankly used to not care much about spoilers. Like when I was in high school and I was really into shows, I would like go on the internet and read spoilers of what was coming up. Wow. Um, because it was spoilers. It really was. And it, it, partly it was like, cause I, I just wanted to know. And then I was more interested in how they achieved the things they were going to achieve. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, but I, you had a, I, you had a, you had a healthy relationship with this stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. Ish. I was going to say more that it's like <laughs> now that so many of these shows are like cultural, uh, colossuses, right. Yeah, um, for sure. where it's a collective experience. It's like, it was important to me not to have spoilers for Endgame because I wanted to experience those things at the same time as others in the theater and as my friends, right? And I didn't want to like know going in because I wouldn't experience it. You in want the, same the way. unspoiled experience. Yeah, the like kind of collective, like we're all learning this at the same or, time. Or it's kind of like if you knew the score of the sporting event before you yeah. saw it, it, it takes a little air out of it. Or you wanted the unsullied version. Of, <laughs> say Game of Thrones. I see that pun. I see that pun. Well, <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Let's keep going here. What is your current favorite television show? That's yeah, hard, hard to pick we, one. I'm, I'm always going to default to our guest going first. Go. Well, I was going to punt it to you because I need a minute. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so... What is, what, is, what is my current favorite? My current favorite switches from like day to day, depending on what day you ask me. So, so uh, right now, uh, I'm, I'm deep in the Game of Thrones, of, you know, of course. That, that, that whole Battle of Winterfell that happened Sunday night was both everything I wanted it to be, and yet it, it, it left me a little bit hollow. Uh, as, as well it was like both of those things don't worry listen so here's an interesting question what's the statute of limitations for when you can talk about a thing in sports i know no i well listen because it's tuesday evening i figure if it was sunday night if you ain't watched it by now all you right, know, all right. All and bad. because i'm a couple of, because i'm two or three seasons behind like you're never gonna no catch way up you're gonna get there <laughs> It's gonna like if I if I ever even get back to it, it'll be a while, and yeah. I get what there, I get. There, there's that there's said, don't there's, say a word. <laughs> that's not. I think you happen. can talk general impressions. I'm there you go. So so and that's all I was gonna say. So I'm deep in I'm deep in a Game of Thrones. I also just watch uh, on Netflix. There's a show called Special, and the main it was written by uh, a guy who has a CP cerebral palsy. He stars in it. He wrote it. It's a comedy. It is like friggin' hilarious. That's Excuse me. Awesome. Uh, and he's also gay. So, so oh, there's nice. that as well. <laughs> nice. um, so it's called Special. Um, Joy and I, for some strange reason, are still suffering through Gotham. And if you. Uh, <laughs> oh. Hmm. You know, are you aware of Gotham? I'm aware of it, but can't say yeah. I've watched more so, than a like, like two, segment. two or three seasons ago this this show like really fell off the rails but right. but we are we're like this is the final season and we are we are seeing it through to the end you're committed we are we are we are we are committed and we're struggling through it i actually got like the last you know seven or eight episodes in dvr we haven't gotten around to it yet um uh, another, actually, another superhero, Cloak and Dagger, on Hulu. Um, oh, I've been wanting to watch that. Oh, that's, that's good too. That's some good stuff. Uh, what else do a regular taper DVR? Uh, um, oh, some HBO, other HBO stuff. Veep. 
um, with Julia Louis Dreyfus. That is just as funny and 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 horribly irreverent as always. Um, uh, Barry, also on HBO. This yeah. comedy about the guy I heard that's good. who's an assassin. Oh my god, that is so hilarious! Um, I just uh, finished up um, Shameless on Showtime. Hmm. Um, that is that I, over? So, so that's the thing. So, so oh, how do I say this? So, spoil it. It doesn't matter. Um, we we were told this was the last season. Okay. And, and finally, Fiona has left. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Uh, she's well, we knew she was leaving the show, so right. I, mean, I don't even watch it, and I knew that. Yeah, Look at you. So, so we, but but we were pretty. Everyone's being told like, so this is going to be end the show, and now they they really just announced there's going to be a season, another season, season ten. So apparently, wow. it's not over. There's enough dysfunction in that family to keep going. Wow. Uh, so yeah, those are kind of those are kind of my favorites. I think so far, uh, Jeopardy. I'm. Um, I mean. Uh, that dude, that dude I know. watching Jeopardy. And I, I missed last night's episode. Someone almost beat him. The, the dude that almost beat him, $18 short. What? Oh, $18. So wow. Oh All right. But did you, did you name a number one? The question was, what's your current favorite? I don't have a number you, one. You just told us a lot of shows. There's no number one. You pick one. Favorite. There's no number one. Oh. Doesn't, it's not favorite for all time. Currently, your favorite. Uh... I don't know. I, I guess like, I don't got, even ask that. Okay, I, I, I'm so glad he went first because I was going to do this. Okay, too. so so in terms, so if we're gonna if we're gonna go in terms of I can't miss an episode and I gotta watch it live when it's being aired, Game of Thrones. Like anything right. else, I can yep. DVR. I don't mind missing when it's airing, but like I'm scheduling, and that's why I'm so glad it's late on Sunday night when I don't usually have anything else going on. But mm-hmm. I I gotta watch it while it's being aired. So. That's that's what I would go with. Okay, I am. Uh, I'm also going to list a couple, but I will try to tell you my uh, current in this exact precise moment favorite as well. Uh, but I wanted to start by saying, uh, Ogan, I just am relating to you about sticking something out, and also not relating to you because um, one of my all-time like the, one of the most I've ever loved a show was a number of years ago, the show Supernatural on uh, the CW. I think when it started, it was still the WB, um, about these two brothers who are like hunting evil things and eventually it becomes like a demon hunter, angels and demons kind of show. Um, the first five seasons of that show, I, I mean, my life revolved around it. Like wow. I watched it every week. I read fan fiction. I actually went to a convention for it. Met oh, no. <laughs> yeah, the only convention I've ever been to. And like the best part is that I paid for that convention by donating plasma because I was an AmeriCorps volunteer and I didn't make any money. I was like very committed. Um, and the, the creator of the show exited after season five. Like he had a a five-year plan that was wonderful. And it's not that the show got terrible, but I also started seminary in the sixth season and like kind of lost the thread. It is now going into its final season, which is I think season 14. And I have this like nostalgic like impulse that I should get back into it, but it means catching up on eight seasons that I didn't watch. I I'm I still haven't gotten past the fact that you donated plasma to raise money to go to a convention like that. That is <laughs> that's something. like hardcore commitment. I had uh yeah I was a particularly fandom committed uh, twenty two year old. Wow. So, um, it was also worth it. That's it past like, committed. That's like disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> 
whatever. Look, there are more disturbing people. Um, but um, I would say, so I would say that at any given time, I kind of have like my shows that I watch and it's like, you know, I watch shows that are airing actively. I do also watch older stuff, but, um, and you know, now the way television is set up is it's like you have like summer season and winter season. Like it used to just be, you know, the full year. Um, so it rotates a little bit. Um, so a show that is premiering tonight for its, I think, sixth season that I am pretty obsessed with is called The 100. Um, yes. Also on, on the CW. And um, it. I like The 100. It's so good, and um, I might bring it up again later, actually, uh, for another question. But um, I got into it. I literally started watching it in the background while I was packing up uh, one of my apartments in D.C. because I thought it was so absurd that I was like, oh, this will just be like silly CW background fodder. And I like took three days longer to pack because, <laughs> because I got sucked into the show. And this was like, I think they had four seasons at that point. So I just like crushed through all of them, immediately rewatched all of them, um, and then wow. have been a fan ever since. So, is, there a, um, is there a fifth season now? Yeah, whatever the current, I think it's fifth, and then it's been renewed for another one as well. Wow. Um, okay, yeah, good so, to know. So that premieres tonight. Um, and I will just also say that uh, I watch. Um, Madam Secretary, I think, is one of the best shows on television. Um, currently waiting to see if it's going to get renewed. I kind of lost me after the second season, but but yeah, I was into that. Well, I will tell you, just as an aside, that it has, um, in my opinion, some of the best queer representation on television, which didn't mm -hmm. come in until later, um, but it's great. Um, and then I watched The Flash, which is not always great, but I love it so much. My it's kids, so we watch that with our kids and we love it. It's so good. I'm so Barry committed Allen. to characters. He's so great. Uh, he was also my dad's superhero, or favorite superhero growing up. So there's that too. Um, and then uh, I am also obsessed with The Bold Type, which I think everyone should be watching. It's, What's it called? Um, it's called The Bold Type. Bold and type. it is about, it's on free form. And it, it, it was sort of poised to be the guilty pleasure replacement of Pretty Little Liars when that went off the air. Uh -huh. uh, but it is in fact actually incredible television and it's about three girls or three women in their mid-20s working at essentially Vogue magazine a fictionalized Vogue magazine in New York um, and it just does such a good job of uh, interspersing like you know kind of unrealistic fantasy life with like really dealing with um, topical issues but without feeling like very like this extra special episode is going to be about this wow 98% um, on Rotten Tomatoes I'm going to have to check this out and I've even heard is, of it an exceptionally good show. Um, I'm almost done, I promise. Uh, I think the last one that we haven't named um, that I'm currently sort of watching obsessively is Roswell, New Mexico, also on the CW. I don't know how I became a 32-year-old who watches so much. You CW love television. it. Listen, listen, here's the thing about CW. Like, they have this gift of taking mm -hmm. like the simple and absurd and making it addictive. Like, my CW show is Riverdale. I am oh, yeah. friggin' hooked on that show, and I can't believe it because, <laughs> because it's 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 really just teen soap opera. But I know, but they crafted it in such a way. I think they really pull out the human, sometimes dark sided angst of things. Mm -hmm. and, and boom, they're so good boom. at that. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing about Roswell, New Mexico is that I started watching it because the, it's the reboot of a series that aired when I was in like middle school and early high school. Yeah. I remember Roswell. Yeah. I was obsessed with that show. Not quite as much as Supernatural, but very close. Um, and so it was just sort of like, I had to give it one episode. Like I thought I was going to hate this new one. They've changed a lot. Well, they're adhering more to the book series than the, um, the old series. I thought I was going to hate it. It's incredible. Like it's so well done. It has such excellent queer representation. It's like added all of these levels of like intersectional justice as, as background storylines and even forefront storylines. Um, and so I, I was going to say, even though I'm watching all those shows, plus Game of Thrones, plus Call the Midwife, um, Roswell just had its first season finale and I can't stop thinking about it. So I think I have to say that that is my current favorite. There you, you, go. you did it. I did Very it. Good. Very good. Woo. Cheers for you. I logged two seasons of Call the Midwife and then it was out. I, nah, that's fair. It's a I tough show. I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that was good. All right, Brian, what do you have? Because I know you're not maybe I as got some. a TV watcher. As, as oh, oh, you'll be surprised. I got oh, some. Okay. Um, so... We don't have cable, so I tend to watch things once they're available on either Amazon Prime Streaming or, or Netflix or Hulu. Um, we just the other night watched the season two finale of Handmaid's Tale, mm. and wow. wow! I had to stop that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, initially I, I, I watched I, the first episode of season one, the pilot, and I'm like, I. We set it aside for months because I'm like I can't do this. But then, yeah. friends were like, "You gotta, gotta push through and give it a give it another shot." And I'm glad I did. I highly recommend really? it. But but you know, um, okay. warnings it can be traumatic watching it uh, certainly. But uh, it is the comment the social commentary on society today is is amazing. All right, Let so, me ask you this quickly: How does yeah. how does season two compare to one? Because I know season one was what covered the original novel by uh, Mark yeah, Atwood. Yeah, I wonder about that. Is that okay? Um, and then season two was them doing their own stuff, which kind of made me reluctant to get into it. Awesome. Plus, uh, plus it started at a weird time in my life, so I never got back to it. Uh, yeah. So, so do you think do, did they do a good job of continuing? Absolutely, season two okay. is fantastic, <laughs> and it 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 ended uh, leaving you ready for season three. So I'm okay. Okay. I'll take a look at three's coming. And while we were watching that, we were also watching Mad Men. uh, So we're seeing Elizabeth Moss and two. Uh, Oh, wow. Interesting roles. uh, Concurrently kind of whiplash. Sometimes you, you just watch one and then you go to the other and it's like, wait, what? Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, you should do throw in, throw in West wing again and you can see her I, yet again. <laughs> I know. I, know. I forgot about uh, that. We were talking in pre-show Leighton and I that, uh, watching Mad Men, uh, just coincidence that all my scotch and whiskey are somehow gone. <laughs> uh, yeah. They, they drink a plenty on that show. Um, so what else? We just also watched uh, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is oh, that's so, so fun. So that's fun. one of my shows too, yeah. So, so fun. So uh, fun. If you're on Amazon, if you haven't watched it yet, check out Fleabag. Hmm. Wait, whose uh, turn is it? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm, no, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. <laughs> we're, we're weighing in. We're weighing in. Fleabag. Uh, yeah, and, all right. Good. And, and I forgot Killing Eve. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Killing Eve. <laughs> and Killing Eve. I'm writing them down. You guys have good ones. Yes, Killing Eve is amazing. All right, go ahead. Okay. Sorry. All right. Shot, so uh, also this one's been this one's finished maybe a year or two now. Uh, the Americans. That was an FX oh. show. 
yeah. so well done. Like the acting, that. the pacing, the storyline. It is awesome. Um, how many how many seasons is that? Because um, I, I think I watched the first three. Six mm-hmm. or seven. Yeah. Six mm-hmm. or seven. I heard it had a great series finale. That's one yeah. of the ones I almost watched, even though I hadn't seen yeah. any oh, of the show. I mean, the, honestly, like the two main characters are so good in that show. It, yeah. it's, it's amazing. Um, we've also um, watched, let's see, Ozark, Netflix show. Oh, uh, I love Ozark. Better Call Saul is another yeah. one. Um, what else? Uh, Man in the High Castle is one that we were loving through the two seasons, but there was a huge gap before they came out with season three. And we kind of forgot mm. where the storyline was. And we tuned into yeah. the season three first episode and we're like, we have no idea what's going on. So we kind of set that aside for now. Exact, the exact same thing happened to, to, to Joy and I. We were into that show. And then, yeah, I don't even think we we made it all the way through the first episode of the, of that latest season. Cause mm-hmm. we were like, what's happening now? What's going on? We need to go back and watch some stuff. Cause we clearly missed something and yeah, we never picked it back up. And then I'll name two last ones that uh, we enjoyed with the kids and that both Netflix shows uh, lost in space and stranger mm-hmm. things. Oh, I love stranger yes. things. Yeah. Stranger things. Is awesome. Um, have Which you is your favorite? Watched- oh Yeah. You got to say your favorite. Oh, favorite. Um, I think I have to say the Americans, even though that is now over a year or two, but yeah, just good. can't recommend it enough. Awesome. It's have hard to you, guys, so it counts. <laughs> have either of you guys watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine at all? Yes. I am like not a, a sitcom person at all. Like I don't get into comedies. I like my uh-huh. shows dark and twisty, but um, man, I plowed through that show last winter. I just, it, I don't, I can't even explain it. It just does such a good job of being funny and having heart and making you like care about the characters. It's so nine, funny. nine. Um, I, I actually, I haven't seen, let's see. It was the last maybe two seasons. I kind of, cause I'm like, I'm like attention deficit when it comes to shows. Sure. Like there's only so much time in the day and so many hours. I actually once did a, a sermon about my TV watching and I named the shows that I watch in. And somebody from the choir actually yelled out, when do you ever work? <laughs> People listening right now are like, these three watch a yeah, lot. Of yeah, yeah, everybody got a big laugh. But I think, I think what people don't understand is, is, is how we watch TV has changed. Yeah. It's not, sure. you know, it's not like it used to be. Granted, it's, yeah, you know, it's the same hours, but, but we don't do it all the same way. We can, we can go. We can choose when you watch. We can choose when we watch. We can take our vacation time and plow through a bunch of a bunch of shows. You know. Um, yeah, you oh yeah, I to do that. Star Trek Discovery. Got to give a shout out to the sci-fi stuff. Star Trek Discovery. If you're not watching that, that they did such a good job of resurrecting the Star Trek franchise. All right, that's um, on my list. Loving that as well. Um, and uh, Leighton mentioned a sitcom. I also was going to mention This Is Us. Oh okay. um, yeah. Good. I have like, not been able to get into that show and I don't know why. <gasps> I know. So it's so like good. it was made for somebody like me. Like I love <laughs> television. I loved Parenthood, which is what I've heard. It's kind of like the reincarnation of. Um, but yeah, for some reason, I watched about eight episodes. I don't have any negative feelings towards it. I just didn't. Mm-hmm. Like it just didn't stick. 
insane. But it's one that I read about, like every season I read about the big moments so that I can keep up because everyone I know talks about it. Yeah, there you so go. I, I think with This Is Us, like the first episode, the pilot was so well done mm-hmm. that it kind of hooked me. And there are nights when I watch it and I go like, this show is not that great. It really isn't. But but, but you're invested in the characters, I'm right? Invested. invested. 100%. That's how I feel about Flash. It has moments where I'm like, wow, this show is ridiculous. Yeah, but I'm agreed, so agreed, agreed. I can, I can never get in that place with Flash, man, never. Did you ever <laughs> watch any Supergirl? Uh, again, I started, but no. I've seen, I just know her from the crossovers. I watch all those yeah. like Arrowverse crossovers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, See, we've watched a bit of that. My, my thing with comic book characters is, um, in, my, in, in my opinion, you can get a better movie out of it than a series. Because mm-hmm. uh, for me, I have yet to see a superhero series done really well that's going to hold my attention over a long period of time. Like, uh, I don't know what it is, but they, but they you tried. The Flash? You know? Yeah. yeah I, I tried, man. I tried. <laughs> like, Cloak and Dagger right now is, like, the thing. And then there was the Runaways as well. Those, mm-hmm. those... Uh, like, like they're just not holding runaways. I had to stop watching. Like, I'm, I'm just out. You know, yeah. Open Dagger, it's second season. I don't know if I'm gonna make a third. I don't know what it is. I think because you have to draw things out so much. But, but when you put them in a movie and you got like two hours to get through, or you know, three hours and hold your bladder as much as you can to to get through a, a superhero movie, I, I think because of the storylines, you can do it. Um, my okay. favorite moment of Endgame is when I'm walking into the theater. Or I'm, I'm, I'm waiting outside uh, for, for Joy because we had our plan. is like the last thing we can do before we walk in to see this movie because it's three hours long is we're going to go pee. So, you know, I'm waiting for her. And, and like this old guy, he's got to be late 60s, early 70s. He walks in the theater with a big popcorn and a large soda. And I say to him, I say to him, dude, large soda, man. That's a bold choice given how long this movie is. And he said to me straight face, and I don't know if he was kidding or not. He said, yep, that's what I'm wearing my catheter. And, and I know, That's right? Because, because given his age, I was like, I don't know if this dude's kidding or not. <laughs> got a bag strapped on his thigh. Something, man. But but he never got up. I, I saw where he sat, and he never got up to leave. <laughs> so I'm like, it's maybe he go. was. It's good to go. Wow. Or maybe right. he's just healthy as all get out. Man. Have either of you watched uh, Black Mirror at all? Yes. Yeah, I love that. I um I there are some of them I've skipped because I yeah. know enough about them to be like like I didn't watch the first one. I was like, I'm not gonna Good move. Do that. Um <laughs> and in the most recent season there were I watched all of them and there were a couple of episodes where I was like, This is gratuitous. Like yes. I don't actually need this story in my brain. Right. But other ones I thought right. were incredible. Some are super interesting, yes. Yeah, I can I can only handle that in small doses. Mm-hmm. Like I'll you know I'll Saturday I'll watch maybe you know two or three episodes and then I'm done for like three months. And, and because each is a standalone, you can do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so uh, let's let's jump to the question about fandom and idolatry. So clearly, mm-hmm. we're all three who love a good show. We'll invest ourselves in it. Uh, you kind of get sucked in. You love the story. You love the people, um, and all of that. When does fandom slip into something else like idolatry? 
So define idolatry. When you say that, what, yeah. what do you mean when you use that word? Let's have Leighton define it. I think this was her question. <laughs> yeah, well, and I have, to, I have to provide the disclaimer that I posed the question and then said, obviously, I don't think it's ever idolatry. <laughs> um, nice. No, I, um, yeah, I'll define it, but I, I will also offer a counter, which is, yeah. um, so, so when I, I think when I say idolatry, I mean, like, is, at what point, does our fandom and it it can be to like superhero movies but it could also be to college basketball right Right. like for sure things that um create a a sort of cult of fandom around them um which i don't use as an inherently negative term i think there are some really good things about that but um when it takes up enough of our spiritual energy Mm. that we like or in our communal energy our relational energy that we don't have anything left to give to a distinctly religious or spiritual space. Um, I worry about that. I um, I also think some fandoms, and honestly, Ogan, I gotta tell you, Game of Thrones is on this list, like the encouraged submersion in the themes of that show, yeah. I think are, are, are scary. I don't know if I would say idolatry, but it's like, it, I think they draw us away from any sense of like, religiosity or spirituality that I would hope that we would move towards. Um, so yeah, I would say that's kind of what I mean. And I do think that happens a little bit, but I will also say that I think, um, fandoms can, um, provide a lot of the things that spiritual communities can provide and like can remind people of human connection and the importance of human connection and like being seen and recognized for who you are. I mean, y'all were giving me crap about going to the supernatural convention, but honestly, like I have rarely been in a space where people were more empowered to just like be who they were and be received as that. I didn't um, give you crap for going. I gave you crap for you paid with it with your okay, blood. That's fair. Like, well, you that's, should, <laughs> you that's should that take was... that up with AmeriCorps. <laughs> Because maybe they should pay more money. Just saying, that is what got me. You go to you go to any convention you want to. I'm resourceful. That's what I want to take. Damn yeah, straight, clearly. Um, but yeah, so so I asked that question because like I am so delighted by fandom and like even as I said earlier, even fandoms that I don't participate in really like right. fascinate me and bring me joy. Um, I love everything about the like collective excitement um but it are does you, make are you into cosplay have you have you taken it to that level um i haven't but i would like i watch friends do it and i'm i'm just too freaking busy <laughs> and like if <laughs> i would totally do it um yeah no i but i have to wonder like as as a pastor um and as somebody who try, like would love to cultivate and even you know a percentage of that enthusiasm about like <laughs> religious communities right i think this question is valid of like are we giving are we giving these fandoms the role that used to belong to like religious communities or spiritual Mm -hmm. communities Mm -hmm. Hmm. yeah it's a good question you know because as you said there's there's a, a connecting point to uh the cultural connecting point to shows and series and you have friends watching and people you don't know who are watching so it can be a natural conversation um starter even with a complete stranger and you can mention a show and suddenly you have this bond and you can say oh what did you think when this happened or 
or that. Um, and in yeah. my former church, we used to throw like season ending parties when lost was a big thing. We would make mm-hmm. like an Island theme room and we'd dress up as different characters and, 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 you know, I made Dharma beer and, you know, we just, we got into it. Yes. it was so fun. By the way, uh, my daughter last year discovered Lost and, oh my God, she got so into it. It was kind of, it was kind of disturbing. Yeah. We rewatched it with our kids uh, last year because we, oh, wow. when it originally aired and, but our kids were too young at that time, but now we watched it with the kids and it was fun to relive it. So, so for me, uh, I, I, I think, nothing in and of itself is either good nor bad. It's, it's what we use it for and how we use it. Um, and, and yes, it, I think it's, it does slip into the idolatry place. If we are using it to substitute for some other, um, experience that reminds us of our wholeness or our divinity. Mm -hmm. Um, so, 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 you know, if I spent, you know, as I have done, if I spent seven hours binge watching something on Saturday, uh, you know, it's called sermon a, prep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you you're laughing, but but, There's some truth to that. but the point is, art imitates life, imitates yeah. art imitates life. Uh, you know, there there there's so many times I have used um, um, TV shows and series and episodes to <laughs> form a sermon or or something like that, or or to use it as something that folks in my community can can relate to so so yeah it's research air quotes but if you um, hadn't let's say you hadn't written your sermon and you still needed to do it and instead you spent friday and saturday just totally binge watching and then like late saturday night kind of scribbled a few notes and dude, what what pastor hasn't done that come on <laughs> i I have gotten up at like 5 a.m. on a Sunday before after a weekend spent like binge watching a TV show. You guys are awesome. That's all I'm saying. And you know what? If I do that, if I do that, you know, I'm you. You bet your ass, I'm pulling something out of what I just watched to make my sermon that 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 next day. That's what it's about. It's so fresh. It's probably pretty riveting. Okay. So so now so for me, here's the other place, and I've also done this. Where, where we can argue this is idolatry. If I am using this to numb and escape mm-hmm. the real world in front of me, if I'm using this to numb out and escape from an issue I'm going through or something, um, I remember, uh, you know, the, the, the first year of, you know, after, after my wife Jennifer died, like that was a lot of my es- attempt to escape the grief. Mm-hmm. Was, you know, numbing out in front of TV. And I'm a, I'm an Enneagram nine. We already got problems with numbing out <laughs> uh, from things. So I was really just exacerbating wow. it, you know, and that wasn't healthy. It yeah. wasn't a healthy approach and a healthy relationship with the watching. I can't remember half the stuff I watched at the time, but it was really devoting the time to numb out as opposed to devoting the time to engage with myself. Mm-hmm. So when so when we're using it for that reason, yeah, we we have an issue, um, and I think that's where we we're starting to to cross the line um, again. When we become obsessed, you ask about celebrities. When we become obsessed with the lives of celebrities and make their lives more important than our own, and we're so obsessed with their lives, then yes, I think you know we've kind of crossed the line a little bit. Uh, you mentioned the the Americans. The reason I got into the Americans. 
because I may or may not have had a little bit of a healthy obsession, unhealthy obsession with Carrie Russell. Right. I'm not saying I did or I didn't. I'm just Thank saying, you. Just saying. So you know, man. right. It was like, <laughs> yeah, that's why I got it. And then I was like, Oh my God, this show is actually really good. You know, so, sort of stuff. Um, but, but you'll, but when people make, you know, to the point where, yeah, they're so obsessed with the lives of these mm-hmm. of celebrities, whether it be TV or, or, or singers or, or musicians or, or whatever, then again, what, what are we substituting that for? What is that in, in place of um, the own attention to our own lives, um, you know, relationships with other people mm-hmm. and social media and the easy access to all this stuff is making it more and more easy to isolate and make that our obsessiveness. And then, you know, there we go. I was, um, you, just one thing you said that I wanted to circle back to, um, not to go down the Enneagram rabbit hole, cause that's a different conversation, but, um, it was interesting to hear you describe it that way. Um, because I'm an Enneagram four and what we are most often guilty of is like wallowing or like seeking out like really intensive emotional experiences mm-hmm. or having an overdeveloped fantasy life. And I would say, I mean, I actually feel a little <laughs> vulnerable admitting this cause it's like a, a kind of like not mainstream like pretty nerdy thing but like probably my idolatry with these tv shows that I get into is that I do get obsessive about them and I like it's almost like I feel more connected to these fictional characters than like people in the real world right and it's like it gives me space to process these like intense emotional experiences that aren't even real but it's like I'm sort of addicted to them you know and it's um that's a good word yeah, it was, I mean, I would say it was particularly bad for me as a teenager. And so it's interesting. I, I mentioned Roswell earlier. When I watched that show as a teenager, I remember being like inconsolable after certain episodes and like overly identifying with the characters to the point where I was like, you know, it was just amplifying all of my negative feelings of like, you know, I will never be accepted and I will like never fully fit in and all these things. Cause that's essentially a show about being a four. Um, <laughs> anyway, and so, so in, in some ways, I think exactly the same kind of idolatry you're talking about Ogan and that it's like, um, an escape from real engagement with the world and connection, but just lived out in a very different way. Like sort of yeah. our, our, um, our, various addictions or attractions exactly and the irony you pointed out is then at the same point these things can be the catalyst for connection if anyone's ever gone to comic book i remember you know joy and i've done Mm -hmm. gone to a few comic book conventions and and you know seeing people uh, in the costumes and and stuff and it's like like these are folks who have found their community they've found their tribe um but they're, but they're at least they're bringing it into the real world. They're showing mm-hmm. up for conventions. They're showing up for groups. They're 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 meeting with their friends to talk about the stuff and watch the shows together, you know. So 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 it's a it's a kind of a fine line between crossing over from one to the other. I think the I think for me part of the the uh, the, the telltale sign is is you know if you're the only one watching and you're not talking about it with other people, you might be a little too isolated. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so I, you know, I'm wrestling with or thinking about this. You know, in most shows that I watch, I watch with my wife Christy, and it's something we enjoy doing together. But I'm thinking, what other things would we do, or what things are not are we not doing together that we might do if we 
didn't love to watch shows together, but it's something mm-hmm. we love to do. And, you know, we, we like to talk about it. We like to experience the, the episodes together. And then there's also the thing of, hey, kids, it's time for bed because mom and dad are going to watch their show. Yeah. So how does it affect my relationship to my kids and, and yeah. what am I modeling to them? And it's So not- funny you mentioned that, and, and this might be a thing. It may or may not be a thing with you and Chrissy, but they actually came out with a recent research survey that said um, uh, millennials especially because of the availability of really good accessible TV right now are having a lot less sex. So that's something you probably could be doing if you weren't watching TV. So, you know, the whole Netflix and chill (laughs) is actually becoming just Netflix. Just Netflix. Yeah. Oh boy. Well, I was going to say though, on like the flip side of all this and, and like in the vein of people who develop real legitimate community out of these spaces and don't use it to isolate or disengage or entirely live communally in a fantasy world, which also can happen, is like I love watching people um, create theologies out of some of the things that they like get into, right? Like, um, you know, my sort of first fandom, I think, was probably Harry Potter because of the age I was when that book or that series was in popularity, right? And now you have, I mean, by the time I was in, you know, through high school, there was a book called The Gospel According to Harry Potter, which I haven't actually read, but it was out there and people were doing Sunday school classes on it. And now there's this like virally popular podcast um, called Harry Potter and the Sacred Text, where they use literally Lectio Divina as a method of reading (laughs) this book and then put it in the, and, and these are, I think they're both Harvard divinity grads. So like they're trained theologians. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think you could go either way on some of that, but I, I think this impulse to say, okay, but what is this thing that I love that is totally not overtly faith related? Like, what does it speak into my life of faith in a concrete way is a pretty cool thing that happens. It is cool. And if we went even older, we could think about the Lord of the Rings series and, you know, other, other sort of, um, worlds that have been created either through literary or film and television and they they really can explore the human dimension that that brings something uh, out of us and also gives us a lens through which to think about our own spiritual lives and our own wrestling with what does it mean to be human what does it mean to be in community in relationship with god Um, and so i love when those things do that because I think it, it can really add to our spiritual life and our, our exploring of the great mysteries. Because frankly, spirituality and religion really is about a lot of mystery. And that leaves a lot of space, you know, for yeah. literature and the arts to help us work on that. Um, so, yeah, Lord of the Rings and then, you know, Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. I mean, those mm-hmm. were overtly texts uh, right. or, or write-ins. To, to address the spiritual dilemma of light versus darkness, good versus evil. I mean, they weren't, I mean, they weren't even like subtle about it. Right. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, when we, you know, we know about the lives of the authors who, who were very religious uh, people themselves. So, so some of it directly does address that. Yep. Well, and I was, I mean, kind of far afield of that though, I was going to say earlier, I, I mentioned the 100 and said that I, it might come up again. And like what I was thinking of is that is a very dark show. 
Um, and, and like I, Game of Thrones notwithstanding, I generally do not get into very dark shows. Like I never got into Breaking Bad or Dexter, or any of those that are sort of like, I know. Dexter, I, I forgot Dexter. Them. I appreciate them, but, uh, but yeah, I just, Ooh. I have a hard time connecting, generally speaking. Um, but this show, and I've, I've told this to people a million times, I'm like, this show is fascinating to watch as a person that cares about ethics and morality and yes. spirituality, because like the central question of this show is, what does it mean to be a good person when you only have bad choices? And like over and over again, the characters say, like they do these horrific things in the name of like protecting their people. Yep. So there's this layer of like, who are your people, which is has some biblical times as well. Um, and they, the sort of refrain is, I had no choice. Like, I did this horrific thing and I had no choice. And then being sort of challenged on that and having to think through, like, do you still have a choice when, and like, can you still be a good person if all of your choices are horrific? And um, as, as a, you know, Christian, as a, as a theologian, like that fascinates me. And I watch the show in large part to wrestle with those questions. Yeah, and I think another show that that's very similar and presents very similar ethical situations and dilemmas is uh, The Walking Dead. Uh, mm. you know, who who is mm. us and and who who belongs to us and there's always this dilemma of we, you know, in this post-apocalyptic zombie environment of finding people who are still normal humans, but is it safe to welcome them in or not or if we find a larger group is it safe to join them and and are when do they become part of us or us become yeah. part of them and so many uh dilemmas yeah. about or you know issues about community about who's welcome about what's safe about also a lot of bad choices where <laughs> something yeah. how much is gonna how much yeah how much out how much does the context we're in determine what our better selves looks like mm-hmm. yeah yeah. Which feels so relevant, honestly, in this Yeah, day, right? <laughs> right? I feel like to a degree, we're all wrestling with that a little bit. Exactly. And, and this, is the, this is the beauty of, of art in this way, because, you know, through fiction, whether it's write-ins or TV shows or movies, they can entertain these questions and play them out to sometimes logical or sometimes absurd conclusions yeah. to, to, to let us see as a society, you know, if we stay on this track, here's where we're going. Um, otherwise, you know, we, we have some choices, you know, go back to breaking bad. What, mm-hmm. you know, when make yeah. what are on the surface, bad choices for good reasons, are they still bad choices? Right. Or, yes. You know, but, and that's yeah. the thing being, being human. Yeah. Not as simple as we think it is. Yes. This is where, this is honestly my strongest argument in favor of fandoms is like, you know, my whole life, I've like loved things that other people are like, oh, that's silly or like stupid or unimportant or like, you know, CW shows are, I mean, I make my own jokes about it, right? Like nothing, what good could come out of the CW, right? But it's like, (laughs) in fact, like really important things are being said in some of these shows, either in movies, either intentionally or unintentionally. And it's, um, like people's capacity to mine these sort of seemingly unimportant cultural productions for right. like deeper human truths, I think yes. um, is a testament to the power of art and, and to the power of what we produce. 
And let's be clear. We know that if we're going to watch something on the CW, we know what we're expecting. We know what we're going to get and we know what it says about us who we're watching. So uh, I think, I think we're going to get fun is what we're going to (laughs) get. All right. So I've got a grumpy old man quote here from someone I don't really know. uh, Art Buchwald who says, every time you think television has hit its lowest ebb, a new program comes along to make you wonder where you thought the ebb was. So the question is, now that we have so many um, news sources for original content, original television series, you know, with Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, YouTube original shows, um, has that improved or is it watering down the quality of television? Both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, because there is some trash on Netflix, man. There is some stuff yeah. like, I, I'm like, who in that room greenlit this thing? And they were clear, we're just going to make everything because we know there's somebody who's going to watch it. We don't care the quality. Did you They're see the things. SNL sketch? Like, <laughs> that? Uh-huh. No, there is a, gr- I'll, I'll see if I can find it, maybe link to it uh, from the Pub Theology page. There is a great SNL sketch where there's these executives at Netflix <laughs> and people are presenting show ideas and it, they're just like, yes, yes, that one too. Amazing. They yeah. produced, yeah, I think I read somewhere at the beginning of 2019 that they're scheduled to produce 700 um, original series oh or productions over the course of this year. It's nuts. And granted, that's, that's partly global, right? Like the fact right. is that on Netflix China, things are appearing or like Netflix, Netflix Korea or whatever, yeah. things are appearing that we will never see. So it's right. not... Um, but yeah, it's really, I would say, I actually have like pretty strong opinions about this. And I think the, um, decableization of, or de-televisation of TV, right. Um, has largely had a really positive impact on, um, the visual quality of shows on the freedom of storytelling, um, which I ultimately think has yielded more interesting storytelling, um, but kind of going back to, to what I mentioned earlier, I think, I think the one negative I really see, although I agree with you again, that there's some just flat out trash out there, um, is, is that because we have the freedom to produce things like Daredevil, which I'm sure is a great show, but like literally the one scene I saw was the guy getting his head destroyed in a car door. And I was like, I fundamentally disbelieve that there is any human value add to portraying this on television. I'm, I'm laughing because I just, I love Daredevil so much. I'm sure. I mean, my friends do too. I've heard great things about it, but I just, it's like, you know, we've trended towards this, like, especially I think in America, like, increasingly intense violence in our shows and um you know i mean like that doesn't i don't know i just i i remember reading once that in europe like total like full frontal nudity might still only be the equivalent of pg-13 in a movie theater rating but if there's like somebody getting shot it's rated r right or the opposite yeah (laughs) and so and i'm that concerns me in terms of like the increasing amount of brutally violent television. Yes. Do we have to always take it to the next level that way? Right. But here's my thing with that though. Again, for some people, that's their real life experience. Yes. I do think it desensitizes us and creates a sense of normalcy, but there for some people in some places in this world and in this country, that level of violence is their norm. Sure. 
and and you know like i watch shows like 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 shameless uh you know the wire stuff like that and and i'm just like my mind is blown like this is how some people actually live and right. and and for me a kid who grew up on a tiny island in the caribbean like i can't wrap my head around that you yeah. know but 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 it's true and i think it's important that the rest of the world sees how the rest of the world lives um and, and i think and, purpose matters a lot like why you're telling the stories you tell like i totally laud, yes. i laud the wire for the story like i watched that um with an ex-boyfriend of mine we like you know binge watched it or whatever and it was really hard to watch as me, right? But I think was telling important stories. By contrast, much so I love Game of Thrones, I'm absolutely on the like complain train about the scene they portrayed with Sansa, right? And like, yeah. I think mm-hmm. their one redeeming value of that is that, you know, that was an excessive rape scene that yeah. I, I don't care that like as a survivor of sexual assault that like some version of that has been my experience. Like I do not want to see that portrayed for yeah. And yeah, and that's part of the challenge with Handmaid's Tale, I think, also. Uh, yeah. Like how like you can you can hint at what's happening. How explicitly do I need to see this? Mm-hmm. Cause does and, it inform you or desensitize you? That's the question, right? Right. Right. Exactly. And and I think uh in in a weird way, uh it, 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 I, I think for I think for some people, it gives them the idea of uh, maybe the the opportunity to create some empathy for survivors of trauma that they would not have had before because their life is so perfect. Or right, sure. But then at the same time, for others, it triggers them. It re-traumatizes. Been in trauma, you, you know, and and I think. I think it's responsibility on the creators to say, hey, heads up, this is what's going to be happening. Um, so, yeah. So don't watch. Uh, and and, and it's, it's, a weird fine, it's a weird fine line or a broad line or whatever. Um, but but uh, the, the one thing I'll say is, like, those of us who watch something like Game of Thrones, like, we know what we're getting into and we know from the beginning if we can handle it or not. I, I just find it hilarious a lot of the folks who were jumping in for the first time at Game of Thrones. <laughs> you know, we're season eight and oh. they're like jumping in for the first time because of all the, the cultural, right. almost like pressure to, yes. like, buckle to, to up. watch this I mean, final season. You know, and they're like, we... they're like, and they're bailing right, right, right away <laughs> or, or whatever. Right. And I want to say to them, like you bailed after the first two season, two episodes of season eight, seriously, nothing happened. Like, you, you know what I'm saying? Except for that child pinned to the wall. Spoiler. I mean, right. um, you know, but, it, ugh, but yeah. so many like favorite characters just get like brutally like, yeah, you know, killed. And it's like, wait, but I love them. And also I didn't need to see their demise in that graphic of a way. Well, you know what? Practice well, some non-attachment. Well, here's one thing I will say, just to not to backtrack on what I said before, but I think bringing it full circle, a question I live with about that scene where Sansa is brutalized is, um, you know, a season later, they have a scene where um, she calls not her rapist, but the man who essentially like forced that life upon her, she forces him to recognize what he done and like that scene i wrote an article about that scene when it happened Mm -hmm. because it was one of the most empowering things i've ever seen portrayed in story and and the question i live with was would that moment have had as much power if they hadn't included the scene before right i I don't know the answer (laughs) good call though Mm. yeah 
Yeah. Well, we're hitting uh, close to our time here. Wonder if there's any sort of final word on uh, on the conversation. I'm really what? sad I didn't get to tell you all about finding Dory. <laughs> it's not relevant at all. It's such a great moment. Fine. Mm, maybe a teaser for post show. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, we'll 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 visit that in the in the in the post show. She messaged us and said. If I tell you about finding Dory, is it a spoiler? Years later, we're like, how many years ago was that? I know. I think it's the best God depiction ever in a movie. That's my teaser. I got to admit, I I have not watched that show. Um, I have not watched the movie, sorry, Finding Dory. Um, And, well, part of it is because, you know, my daughter's 18. (laughs) Fair enough. I watched a lot of these movies when she was into these movies. I wouldn't watch them otherwise. You know, when Finding (laughs) Dory. By the time Finding Dory came out, she was kind of like over the whole Disney Nemo thing and, yeah. and getting into getting into Marvel characters, which really just and Star Wars, which just really made this dad so happy. Yeah, uh, you know. So then that became our thing. I was I was in a bookstore the other day, and I buy I buy a Black Panther comic when uh, uh, Shuri becomes Black Panther, and then I buy. Ironheart, which is if uh, if you follow the Iron Man comics, is a young black teenage girl who's now the new Iron Man. Yes, you know, and and I buy these comic books and I text my daughter and said, "Hey, look what I picked up for us," and she's like, "Awesome," you know. So 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 that's where I am now. I am where she is um, with these, and and where I was as a kid at her age into, into the comics. So yeah, no, I miss I miss Dory, but I might I might have to go watch it now. You I recommend a circle back. there you go it's great well hey thanks for joining us again Leighton it was fun this was the right episode to have you on this was great thanks for having me it It was was, uh, fun to geek out a little bit for a while and uh, um, I did um, an extended interview with Leighton about her upcoming book uh, Holy Disunity and about her journey to get to that place her book is uh, gonna hit the shelves on was it October 8th October 8th. October 8th, but you can pre-order it now on all the places you usually pre-order books. And uh, it's going to be something fantastic. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. Well, thank you, friends, for tuning in to Pub Theology Live. You can connect and spread the word on social media. Uh, let folks know uh, that you tuned in and share share the episode. You can listen anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, or iTunes. We'd love to have you rate us over on iTunes. And if you want to watch some of the show, you can do that on YouTube or IGTV. And if you'd like to find an in-person pub theology group to have some uh, good discussion with, you can check out the official directory at pubtheology.com. If you don't see one, you'll find some resources to start your own. And don't forget to show your support for the show uh, by becoming a sponsor on Patreon. Where you can hear the uh, interview with Leighton and some other folks. Yes, you will get extra bonus material. You can visit patreon.com slash ptlive to get started. And until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing.
So, uh, Brian, I don't know if you know this, but in Layton's uh, newsletter, she posted she was going to be on the show tonight recording. And she goes, you know, um, yeah, it's probably going to be posted the day after. And I was like, mm, mm, no pressure, mm. Brian. That's really I thought you always said it. <laughs> it usually is. It usually is. Once in a while, Brian gets to it by Thursday. I'll do I, my read that I was like, mm, let's go. <laughs> Well, if you my click rates, uh, you wouldn't be that worried about it. <laughs> Nobody does hey, anything. Listen, listen, last time you were on, uh, I think it was one of our top three listen to shows of all time. Really? I'm not making that up. Wow. You got fans. You got fans. You may not know this, but you got fans. <laughs> I gotta say, this was a much. It was nice to um, divert to a slightly easier to talk about topic. Yeah, we brought you on for like a Me Too discussion last yeah. time. <laughs> it was great, but I was like, let's. When y'all were like, I don't know what we're gonna talk about yet. I was like, how can I make sure we don't talk about? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, you, you. Yeah, well done. <laughs> uh, two things I have to tell y'all really quick. Uh, first of all, maybe I should have admitted this on the show, but I definitely, when I wasn't looking at the screen, was telling my sister-in-law to start recording Jeopardy so that I could go watch this crazy guy, see if he wins again, because I don't have cable, but she does. Um, anyway, so that happened. And uh, okay. Brian, I'm wondering if you if you can guess the scene in Finding Dory, if you've seen it, um, that I'm talking about. It's not a, tr- I mean, like, it's not a test. I no, just no, no, no. I mean, I have seen it, but my ability to, to cue up any single part of that movie right now is minimal. <laughs> to be fair, that's literally the only scene I can remember. Um, <laughs> and it's the very, it's like essentially the, the climax of the movie, which is yeah. why I was like, I don't know if I can. But, you know, so, Ogan, the, like, conceit of the movie is that because of Dory's memory issues, she like at an early age gets separated from her parents and gets lost. And she's just like lost ever after. And I no longer remember like what sort of catalyzes her to go search for them again, because this is like post finding Nemo or whatever, I think. Um, But she spends the whole movie trying to track them down and like all in the face of having this kind of like health issue of her memory. And there's this scene where she like, sees this um trail of shells on the on the ocean floor and so just in her like very dory way not in her not being like oh this must mean something she's just like oh a trail of shells she starts like swimming along and following it and she goes through this like you know seagrass or whatever and then she hears the sound and so she looks up and it's her parents and they are there in front of their home and both of both of them have their fins full of these little shells and all around the home are all of these trails of shells and they have been laying out trails of shells on the ocean ground going in every possible direction from when they last saw her uh, knowing that if she ever stumbled her way back on one, she would follow it home. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was like alone in the theater. I had no yeah. excuse to be seeing Finding Dory. And I was like alone in the theater watching this. And I just started sobbing because I was like, this is what I believe God does, right? Like whatever my understanding of God is and how it evolves. Like, I think it's just this kind of love that keeps laying out, you know, trail after trail of shells forever from the moment that we're lost until the moment that we're found again. Right. Oh, it's the I literally like, had goosebumps as you were sharing that. 
I normally can't even talk about it without crying, so I'm proud of myself right now. But uh, I, was, I was like, is 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 this a metaphor for your call to ministry? Like, is <laughs> <laughs> and like I have to say, thematically, it didn't fit the show at all. But I was like uh-huh. so ready. I was like, I haven't <laughs> ever, I've never gotten to preach on this because, like, back. I mean, when I was regularly in a pulpit, it was a recent enough release that I didn't feel like I could just be like, and here's how the movie. Is. Yeah, 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 yes. So yes. it's in my pocket, and one day when I have a pulpit again. I will use it. Well, there, there you go. <laughs> All right, I got a jet, friends. Me, Me too. too. I got to go and make some dinner. Okay. Thank you, Layton. Bye, y'all. <laughs> All right. We'll see y'all later. Yeah.